Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. At long last, he's here. Matthew in Ukraine is on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. Nice to speak with you, Matthew. Hey, Ian, how are you? I'm doing great, man. It's a, it's a pretty nice day here. It's warm. It looks like it's going to be a little bit cooler this weekend, a little bit rainy. What, what's the weather like where you are right now? Highs in the 30s. <sighs> Joy. Is it snowy? <laughs> uh, we've had our first snow. Yeah, no, it, 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 it thaws out during the day. Roads are muddy. It's just just cold and nasty right now. No it's doubt. It's be that way for... Till till we get the good hard freezes, which aren't far off. Goodness gracious! So. Hey, I am I'm holding on to the commander's coin that you gave me. I'm looking at it right now. I keep this in my desk, and I wanted to hold it while I was talking to you today. It's Veterans Day observed. I'll just take a moment to thank you for your service, and uh, you know, just we're, thank you. We're yeah, we're very grateful. Okay, tell us where you've been since we spoke last. You were up here uh, in the studio with us, live live and in person. Um, where have you been since then? So I've uh, been down in the Zaporizhia area in the southern sector um, and then moved over in the Harrison area. And I am repositioning. Um, I'm in Nipro now. Had to get some things checked out uh, by medical, and then I'll be repositioning um, we, uh, back up to the um, Donetsk area. So. Okay. Um, everybody's curious, uh, what happened to your phone? <laughs> I, I, i'd like to know the same thing um oh did it, it's, did it just disappear it's gone uh yeah you know uh when you're when you're moving and and things are happening and then i looked down from my phone and it was gone do you have any idea where you may have lost it or left it i, I got an idea the battery was going dead anyway so um and i'm pretty sure that it's probably in a trench somewhere um and that's where it'll be. They'll find it uh, kind of like finding something from World War One, right? They'll, yeah. There'll be, be some archaeological dig, and I go, oh, we found one of the warriors' talking devices. So, yeah. Uh, the iPhone joke, 14. So it took me a while to get, get another uh, phone and SIM card and the whole shebang. I'm so sure. I'm back. Okay, great. Um, from your perspective on the ground, where does the Ukrainian armed forces stand in terms of reclaiming territory from Russia? So— so it's funny you mentioned that. And there's going to be some additional news. I sent you something on Signal, but um, so we've got some other things uh, happening. So as you know, it, it, so the the news says that the Ukrainians aren't making any progress, yeah. but that would 
definitely be a lie. The Russians are out of an um, uh, an active ready reserve, so so basically for them to support their um, offensive in Kupiansk and near Avdivka, where we are literally just mauling them, every, just they send them in waves, and it's just a, a just fields of burning armor and and dead people. Um, it's it's left some gaps to the south, so we have crossed the the Dnipro River and we are in uh, we're on what they call the left bank which would be the east side and making some progress there um, so looks like uh, things are flipping in Harrison they've basically they have they have nothing they can throw at us so uh, we're making a lot of progress there and and elsewhere and like I said uh, you'll hear something else I'll, I'll be sending you an update I just can't yeah, release please. it right now but we're making progress elsewhere I'm so, so I'm so glad well. that you're back on signal it it, it there were some there were yeah. some stretches back there I was like I haven't heard from this guy in like three weeks and getting a little nervous um, okay so yeah we we've always understood that the counteroffensive was going to be very slow going um, you know I, I'm, I'm sorry that you feel like Western media is not even really being truthful about that but it sounds like you guys are pleased with the progress you're making. Yeah, considering so so what 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 they're undoing was in the south was when they blew the dam, the floodwaters yeah. cleared the minefields they set in the Harrison area. <laughs> Dumbasses. So, yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, it, it's still fairly dangerous. You have to look for mines, but the floodwaters blew up most of the mines there That's or crazy. swept them away. Wow. So so it's been pretty easy moving to on the other side of the river and i mean we have landing craft where the, the ukrainian military is just m- moving people across the river like uh it looks like d day wow. so it's pretty impressive uh we've got we're making some good progress there so zsu has that under control and and we're we're moving we're repositioning so um, uh, tell it tell yeah. us what zsu is so that's that's uh, the acronym for uh, Ukrainian Armed Forces or AFU Armed Forces of Ukraine. Oh, I so see. Okay, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So you said I, you spoke a little bit about this earlier, but I, I think I want to understand better. Who exactly are you fighting against right now? Who so who are these guys? We are. So, oh man. So it's a mix of of Mobics and some really good professional air assault groups they but they threw all their high quality people in Avdivka they were trying to make uh make some movement there and they couldn't do it it would have put us in a bad position had they made progress there but um I you know we don't they're going to be doing another mobilization pretty soon they they've got a million artillery rounds from North Korea so mm. the artillery's picked up but they don't have they don't have we've we've got good counter battery fire so um so they have ramped up the artillery fire but it's nothing like it was last year so mm-hmm. yeah it's a mix of mobics and some of their better guys but they're running out of the better guys uh just a couple months ago the head of the Wagner group Yevgeny Prigozhin had a had a tiny accident on his airplane and is uh dead <laughs> Uh, how did yeah. that change conditions on the ground? What what role is the Wagner Group playing in this war? So they've so a lot of their guys um, basically walked away, right? They got sent to Belarus. Uh, some of them have been moved back into the MOD, so they're fighting on the Russian side, but not mm-hmm. many of them. Um, 
what we run into, we're still running into a lot of people from what they call the Storm Z, which is, you know, the prison units, people moved out of the prisons or or what they call punishment battalions. Um, so they call those guys Storm Z, but Wagner's pretty much done and dusted um, for this war. Great. Where we are. Uh, do you encounter many Ukrainian civilians near the front, or have have they mostly been cleared out at this point? Uh, so, they, so get this, and we it's it's the babooses, it's the grandmothers that stay, and and oh the, uh, the first thing they want to do is jam food down your throat when they see you because everybody <laughs> needs to gain weight and they're not eating enough, and oh, yeah. they're living in these bombed out houses, you know, with a big hole in the roof, and they're oh, not God. complaining, but they refuse to leave, and it, you really have to fight to get. It, You'd rather fight a Russian than fight one of these babooses to get her out of her house. So, and then, and then they have to bring all six of their cats, which is cool. I'm, I'm happy with that. Hey, yeah. But yeah. That's, yeah. So it's, uh, it's something to see, man. So that's what we run into right now. So, um, if we, if we go into a town that may have had 30,000 people in it, there might be six, 700 left. And it's all older people that just refuse to leave. They have nowhere to go. Yeah. So unbelievable. I remember uh, uh, during the nuclear accident evacuation in Chernobyl. I think they ran into kind of a similar situation where the it, old women, in particular, were just like, "No, you know, I was here no. for two world wars and all these different invasions and conflicts, and I, you know, I, if if the radiation is going to kill me, it's just going to do it." Um, how has the number of foreign fighters like you know, like yourself, people from outside of Ukraine, has that number sig uh, significantly shifted in one direction or other as the war drags on? Are you seeing more participation or less participation? Is it holding steady? Uh, I, I want to say it's static. It's holding steady. Uh, we've lost quite a few recently. Um, so um, it, you don't hear much about it, but, um, yeah, we've lost quite a few foreign fighters, not from our unit, but from other units. Um, but, you know, it's it's fairly static. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah, the average age of the foreign fighters are, is basically uh, 42 now. Wow. So. Um, I know that you've done a lot of interfacing with uh, members of Congress and people from uh, the Pentagon. Is that right? Or am I just making that up? No, no, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Okay. Do you care at all? Do you have time to even consider what's happening in domestic politics as the Israel conflict has kind of shaken up the, the calculus for some people in Congress as to well, who gets the money and who gets the material support? Do you still feel uh, sufficiently supported by the United States government? So we we feel like we're supported, but I think the big deal is we're we're we are also preparing for, you know, the potential eventuality that there will be no more support. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, NATO says they're going to, you know, all the European companies, the EU says they're going to stay and support us, um, that, that they're in it to win it. Um, but there's the, the politics. Uh, you know, there's bigger there's bigger problems in the states yeah. besides, you know, the the 60 billion for us. But we would like to keep that level of support. We'd like the equipment, enough equipment to end this war, not to drag it out, which is what the Russians want. They want to yeah. see the political will across the globe go away, and that's the reason they started this mess in Gaza. And there's just no way you can tell anybody over here any different that this was just a big distraction. Really. Um, 
this Gaza action. So, Can you elaborate on that a little bit? There's some people on the text line that, uh, yeah, my guy James says, do you believe that Russian mercenaries have a role to play in Israel? They So so they, I'll send you some video. There's been some video release where there's somebody, when the, on October 7th, there's someone telling, telling them to hurry, hurry, hurry in Russian to go through no. the blasted uh, border wall. Oh, my God. So... So there were some Wagner guys there and involved in training, and Hamas did did a world tour a couple of weeks before, and they were just in the Kremlin the week before this took place. So, um, yeah, Lavrov's been been working with with Hamas a little while. So that's God. that that goes without saying. So we we kind of picked up on this. It's just there to distract. I mean, Ukraine's falling out of the news cycle again, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're already trying to turn off the power and make people cold here. But look, just like I told one of those guys, we were on the phone the other day with one of the guys from Congress. Um, the, and we told him, look, even if the aid stops, we're not going to stop. We'll just keep fighting. So mm-hmm. there you go. I'm curious to know. Uh, oh, you know what? Let me take some some calls from the Oakland Art Jewelers talking sure. text or not a call, rather, but a text message. Hey, can yeah. you ask him? Have they heard the rumors about Putin being dead? Please, LOL. Your, your, your thoughts, Matthew. Is Putin dead? Uh, maybe one of his doubles is dead. But, you know, <laughs> he does have more than one body double. Uh, that's been confirmed. And um, while well, we would be, you know, even if he was dead, we wouldn't know it because his inner circle would keep things propped up and try to keep things moving forward. So if you see videos of Putin hugging people, that's not Putin. If you see videos of Putin sitting at the end of a long table about 50 feet from everybody else, that's Putin. Remember that. <laughs> uh, here's another question for Matthew. What's happening around Chernobyl and Pripyat? The Russians seriously stirred up the ground in that region with their tracked vehicles and by digging trenches. Is there a concern about radiation? <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, because we're not going anywhere near that. That's uh, that's where <laughs> they, when they dug those trenches, they all, all everybody that dug those trenches and stirred all of that up, they're all dead and gone now. Jesus. So they evacuated all of them to Belarus, and they all died after they did that. Oh so God, everything's dude. great in Chernobyl now. It's back to normal. Wow. It's quiet. Wow. Um, quiet. Uh, what do you need more of when you say you know we're prepared for the the support to go away? I mean, money, obviously, you know, just kind of takes care of a, a wide swath of needs. But in terms of material things, equipment, uh, weaponry, ammunition, um, creature comforts, yeah, I mean, what are you wanting for right now? Uh, so if we could get some more of these M1s, we've got 31 of them. If we can get some more Bradleys, you know, some M2s and yeah. some M1s. Um, while the S16s are great when they get here, I'm sure they'll make a, an impression. Um, mortars mortar rounds, um, small arms ammunition, and attackums. The attackums that they did send, we put them to good use. So if we can keep the high Mars rounds, the attackums, and those cluster munitions, they, they help with the minefields, I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, and they also stop mass frontal assaults by Russians. Yeah. So, you know, just keep the, the steady movement of that. But if we could get more of it, more armor, That'd be great. Attackums is a, an acronym, and I had I wasn't familiar in, about that until so quite a, recently. Remind, remind me what those are. That's a longer range high Mars. Rocket. Okay, gotcha. So it's um, and a high Mars launcher usually holds six high Mars, whereas the the attack.
tacums, it's one that fits inside of the same cartridge that sits on the HIMARS launcher. Nice. Okay, so, great. Yep. What longer range? Got it. Um, what do you and I guess if there's any difference between you and you know the Ukrainian armed forces generally, the Ukrainian government, what is the best scenario for how this war ends? If you could just wave a magic wand and move everything forward as quickly as possible, what's that preferred outcome look like? Push the Russians to the borders, um, push them completely outside the borders of the 2014 borders and uh, get things static, retake Crimea, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then have them sue for peace and they pay their reparations and everybody's fat and happy. Look, we just got uh, EU candidacy status this week, which is great. Um, and once this war is over, hopefully we'll be in NATO because we're definitely the best army in Europe right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw this morning, or I guess news from yesterday now, that uh, they've applied, the European Union has now formed, they've got a commission or something. I don't know. There's momentum yes. that looks like Ukraine is going to join the EU before too long. That'll be good news. Yes, that'll be excellent news. So, um, And then hopefully we move forward with uh, next steps on NATO. Great. Okay. Um, I guess let's pause there, Matthew. I, I so appreciate yeah. getting to talk to you. I've got your coin in my hand. I think about you all the time. Happy Veterans Day. I'm just going to pop in a couple texts here. Godspeed sure. to you, Matt. Keep your hep down and come back safe. Um, oh, you know what? I did want to ask you this before I let you go. I'll try to be brief here. Has there been any effort to recover the Ukrainian people who were forcibly moved into Russia as reported on the news? Is that even true? So, yeah, so um, there is an effort to it's it's a it's a very arduous process, but they're trying to get the children back. They come back in small groups. It's a it's horrible. Um, I don't want to throw any wrenches into what's going on now, but that's an ongoing process. And the Ukrainians are talking to the Russians and they are making some progress. But, you know, over 100,000 teenagers and kids were moved into russia right most of the adults make it out if but they they took a lot of children and so those children are basically fostered or adopted out to russian families and you know it's it's just a battle to get them back uh, i hope they all come back boy that's hard oh god um yeah i love you man happy veterans day thank you so much for Thanks, for, for making this work i'm going to leave you with this our friend Steve yep. says, please tell Matthew thousands of WWL listeners have been worried about him. It's good to finally hear from him again. Please don't worry us that uh, don't worry us like that again. That's an order. Roger that. I'll be I'll be in touch. I'll make sure I, what I'm going to start doing is I'll make sure I keep this phone uh, buttoned up in a, in a more secure location <laughs> in my rig. No more leaving your phone in trench for future archaeologists to find. OK. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Text me. Text me anytime, Matthew. Take care, buddy. All right, Ian. Stay here. Bye. Wow. Um, That was amazing. I love having that conversation with him. Wow. Excuse me. I'm really kind of touched by the children situation. Jesus. Let's take a break. I'm going to compose myself and we'll come back with more of your texts and calls on the Oakland Jewelers talking text line. It's 504-260-1870. Ian in for Scoot. Be right back. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.